as entrepreneurs, we want to get our messages out there. Well, how many of you would like to have communication as a strategic weapon to give you an unfair advantage over your competition? We're all for unfair advantages in today's world. I mean, that, that is such a big deal. Well, I've got the expert here today, a fellow entrepreneur who is extremely successful. She is not only an entrepreneur and owns her own PR agency, but she's an author, speaker, a Forbes contributor. Matter of fact, one of her articles has had over 10 million views. Can you imagine that? 10 million views. Would you like that? I'm John Bowen. We're at AESNation.com. We're here to accelerate your success. You want to stay tuned because we're going to show how you can grab that strategic weapon for yourself. Exceptional breakthroughs. Dig deep. Think bold. Drive hard. Watch yourself soar beyond your dreams. AESNation.com. Cheryl, I am so excited to have you joining me here today. I'm excited to be here. Thank you, John. Yeah, we were introduced, I think, through Joe Polish of Genius Network, or I'm not, I can't remember exactly how I found you, but I, I looked at your website and was blown away by an ebook that I want to come back to because I've certainly met a number of uh, uh, good PR people along the way, and they're extremely talented. Uh, but they don't always execute on everything that they're doing, you know, that, that they don't walk their talk. And when I read your stuff, I go, wow, you walk your talk. So uh, uh, I am, I'm, I'm so excited to have you to share your insights. But before we go into that, give me a little background of how you really started the, you know, on the PR track and helping so many clients have success. Well, I've been in PR actually since the 1980s. I was the internal PR director for Novell, and I always had ideas, just great ideas, how I caught loose, what I do, and have just loved the opportunity to innovate new, new, new ways to communicate ever since. So it's been a good ride, a good thing. But for anyone who studies PR, it changes. You know, you can think you've studied, you've got all the methodologies down, Really, we're still reinventing it under our feet every day as we go along. Well, and what, what caused you, you know, and I'm in Silicon Valley, very familiar with Novell and the track that it was. And, it, you know, you did, there was a lot of great PR that came out of there. And what, what got you to be that, you know, um, there are you know, a number of large corporate PR uh, people, but, you know, to go out and start your own agency and then to, you know, really walk the talk and implement it, not only for your clients, but for yourself. What caused you to do that? I had three little boys and I realized that becoming an entrepreneur would give me more ownership over my own schedule, my own work. Seemed like a great thing to do. Love that corporate life, but I honestly say there were parts of it that were not great. I had a hard time striking a balance. People talked about the traffic jam at 5 p.m., I'd never seen it. I couldn't have told you what was a mile north of my house because I hadn't seen it in daylight. Not a good thing. But when I started my own business, it was an adventure in another way, but that's, that's really how I got into my first agency, first consultancy. Never looked back. No, it's, it's great. And, you know, and it, I mean, it's a, one of the things that, 
you know, so many fellow entrepreneurs have been in corporate life and they've done, you know, some amazing things. And then they decide to do the entrepreneurship and they take those skills, the management skills, the, the, the driving success that they had in the corporate and are able to help other fellow entrepreneurs. And, and it creates, um, I know the, the, the one line is that we get to work half time as entrepreneurs. It's, yeah, that half time is, you know, half, half of the day, you know, the 12 hours a day type thing. But one of the things you and I are all about is, you know, how can we be efficient? And what I'd like to dive into, uh, Cheryl, is how, how can we use, you know, this whole communication process? What do you see as some of the best practices of, you know, the industries that, you know, you've had the privilege of working with and among your clients, what, what are people doing to kind of hit it out of the park? Because we, we told them we we're going to show them how to get an unfair competitive advantage. Right. Well, the clients who are able to give freely, to give interesting information, to be good corporate storytellers and really think of their audience first, that's it. That's the secret weapon, and those who are doing that well are hitting it out of the park. It's building their businesses. Yeah, you know, it's, it's so funny. I mean, one of the things that a lot of us do is we start kind of holding things in. We don't want to share because there might be some secrets that we're getting out, and I always like this concept of the free line that we've got to give out about 90% of the content uh, for free. And I, whether you're a widget maker or whether you're a professional service firm, however you're doing it, you know, we, we've got to be able to give out and provide you know, some great insights along the way. Cheryl, how, how do you see that when you talk about giving freely? Um, what are the, some of the things that yeah, because what we all want, I mean, I, you know, I want 10,000 people to read every article or 10 million people, and, you know, to react and, you know, gosh, that's that's so exciting. But, you know, that it's not just about the numbers. It, it's it's really building, you know, a relationship. And you've done that well. Well, I tell people that I guide and I really work myself to find that information that the readers are genuinely interested in and want to hear. For example, no matter what your business is, guaranteed there are some things that you know that you are expert in that other people would like to know that would be of benefit to them. So when you can put that hat on, how am I going to serve these readers? For example, a marketing expert that I really like to quote, Joe Polish, he had a carpet cleaning business. And he started to put out, this has been a while ago, it was newsletters and um, direct mail. He realized that instead of sending coupons and hyping his service, he started telling people things like ways to extend the life of your carpet or the questions you should ask before you let a service provider come through your door. A funny thing happened. He ended up being so successful as a business, he was selling his marketing strategies to other competitors. And he ended up then getting out of the carpet cleaning business and selling his marketing advice instead, not only to them, but to other market sectors. Wow. And it sounds that simple, but instead of hyping and self-promoting, he provided expertise in an interesting way about things people honestly wanted to know. And that made him their trusted source. So when they wanted to go further, where would they go? That's where they'd go. No, and it's, I mean, Joe is a very good friend. I'm in his Genius Network uh, mastermind group. And uh, Joe and Dan Sullivan of Strategic Coach encouraged me to 
create this kind of a AES nation accelerating entrepreneurial success to create that audience. And, 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 you know, we've had a lot of success, you know, you and I are sitting together with, you know, really 10,000 of hopefully my friends, fellow entrepreneurs and, you know, being able to share that information in today's world is just, you know, pretty amazing. We, we created this about four months ago. I think Joe is each week now having well over a hundred thousand downloads, the articles um, that he's doing is huge. And so, you know, it used to be in the old days, uh, Cheryl, that, you know, we didn't have this access to our audience that, you know, really, no matter what size your business is, you can have access to your audience now. You don't have to go through the media. You know, one of the things that's so great is we can create our own platform. Uh, unlike the old days where we had to rely on media, I mean, PR you talked about earlier has changed dramatically. And the classic sending out, you know, through the fax machine, all these uh, 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 PR releases. Uh, there's still room for PR releases, but it's not the fax machine anymore. But the opportunity that every entrepreneur here has to be that expert, that thought leadership, create their own platform like Joe has. I've done it in a couple industries. Uh, others do it. It's, it's never been easier. I mean, this is where that strategic weapon um, that we're both talking about is, is just so powerful. Mm -hmm. You're absolutely right. Journalism has changed so much in the past years that really every company that is successful is learning to be their own journalist, their own publisher, to tell their own story, some much better than others, but that's an opportunity to take advantage of in every case. Yeah, no, it really is. And, uh, you know, one of the things that I've found in doing this is, you know, the challenge is not so much, um, you know, creating content, although that a lot of people struggle with that. But it's not only creating content, but it's getting out there and engaging your audience. So let's let's take each step through and, you know, first creating content. I mean, Cheryl, you have a regular, uh, you know, column contributor at Forbes you know, very high profile. You've got an ebook that you've written. It's on your website that we're going to come to. You've got a new book coming out with Forbes. I mean, you got a whole bunch of things. You're doing this for your clients. I know when I talk to my fellow entrepreneurs, and I've written a lot of books. I do quarterly, at least an ebook, uh, usually a full, you know, traditional book uh, about every 18 months. People look at me and like, how could you ever do that? And you don't need to do that. I'm just kind of a little weird, but what, how, how do you create content, you know, help your clients create that? Well, it's surprising how many people are interested, but they're scared. They're afraid that they're going to fail. They're afraid that they don't have enough to say with a little bit of coaching and brainstorming, we can come up with a lot of good topics. And sometimes that's all it takes is just let's think it through. Let's come up with a list of 10 or 20 or 50 topics. And that gets the creative juices going and we can roll from there. In other times, people need more direct assistance than that. That's okay. The important thing is that what gets generated is genuine to that individual, that it's not contrived. You can't go hire somebody. In fact, I did a column on ghostwriting. Is it ethical or not? Well, what most people call ghostwriting is really collaboration. Collaboration is good. 
But to think that you can hire somebody and just say, you know, I want to be a national columnist. I'm going to pay you this money, make it so. That's not going to be successful. But it's surprising once you get started how easily the content you create will take on a life of its own. Things that interest you, let that curiosity play through. Interview other people. You don't have to be the expert on everything. And in fact, let people join in that wonder with you as you interview somebody interesting, discover something new, let that reader in on that discovery with you. So it's easier than you might think. Yeah, no, I think, I think we get stuck. I, I go back to my college English classes and uh, I was a math finance guy and uh, definitely my, uh, my English teachers, uh, high school and college would be amazed at the quantity and one of the things I, I'm a big believer in, and this is kind of along with your article you wrote on ghostwriting, is that I believe you should be the author, you know, entrepreneurs, not the writer. And, and this, is when I, this has helped so many fellow entrepreneurs because when we break it out that way, what happens is it's so powerful because you have, if you've been in the industry, whatever industry you're in, you, you have so much insights and you have so many relationships and network that you can provide so much value, but you may not be the best writer. And in some cases, even if you're a pretty good writer, you should hire it out because it's not, you know, we can do $10 work, we can do $100 work, we can do $1,000 work, and many can do 10000 or 100000 an hour. What you want to do is kind of that bridge, and that's where I love collaboration. I, I have actually probably... I don't know, about eight writers that work with me and they're phenomenal and they're, they're better writers than I am, but they can, they're taking my ideas, my thoughts and putting them to pen or in other kind of properties. And it's just so valuable. Yeah, that's a great thing. And in fact, writing is strategic. It's one of the best fields to be in these days. Also, remember that writers who write for a living or who write regularly, they can help you come up with something even as important as a great headline. That can make or break a story. The headline can do it or not. Or organization, and I've learned myself, you know, there's no greater test bed than to go out in front of 65 million viewers a month, and you'll know in five minutes if they're with you or not. You can try different headlines and see in 15 minutes what has resonated with the readers that you speak to. I've learned the hard way I used to always put in this background about how I met the source that I'm interviewing, thus and so. It's like a press release. It's like a joke, like telling a joke backwards. Start with the punchline. Then yeah. you can fill in the complexion of the story, but get straight to the punchline first. Yeah, cut to the chase scene in the movie yes. type thing. That, you know, what's in it for me? Everybody, you know, I, there's all kinds of studies on the quantity of this. Uh, I'm going to use one. I don't, I don't know if it's true but that the average affluent you know, person, certainly entrepreneurs on average are very affluent. Typically a definition of affluent is a million or more financial assets outside of the business. And they get hit up. It's not that you see all of them, but about 4,000 messages a day. So you've got to, whatever you're, you're trying to bring out, you've got to actually make that something that jumps out at them and inspires them to action to at least read this. And so, you know, we're talking about creating content and you're saying, Cheryl, there's just so much that knowledge and, you know, working with someone, I, I love uh, creating content and working collaboratively. You know, I use a mind map to kind of scope out what I'm looking to do and so on. And, 
And so we produce a lot of that. But let's say we've got the content. It could be an ebook, it could be an article, it could be a full-blown book, it could be a webinar presentation. All those are content, a podcast. But then we've got that. And you know, somehow you know, you've helped the client brave through, they've created some good content, or let's even call it great content. How how do they, you know, get it out and so that it inspires clients, it engages them? Well, and I'm glad you bring that up because there are so many prospective clients who come to us and say, can you make me a national colonist? That's it. I need to have that credibility on the headline of my LinkedIn profile and my resume. That's the ticket. It's anything but. In fact, one out of a million people maybe should be a national columnist. But there are some ways, your own blog, but even easier than that, LinkedIn has just opened its platform so that fairly well anybody could write a full-length post. If you are good at networking and you've got a decent following on your LinkedIn profile, try some great columns there. If they're mediocre, not so good. But if you write something good, someone wrote his first column last week and 2,500 people viewed it. A lot of them responded. First time out the gate, you wouldn't get that even as a national columnist. And these were all people aligned with him, who know him. It's something that will directly build his business that fast. For your local newspapers, what are the publications that the people you know and speak to will read? Get there. Don't think about a national masthead as the first step out the gate. Now, I want to go to the LinkedIn one. I was just talking with... uh, uh, Ted, who wrote the uh, book, um, I'm having a mental block on his last name now, The Ultimate Guide to LinkedIn. And I talked to him about uh, a week ago. And he was telling me about the new uh, posting. And he was just shocked at the response. They're testing it among a lot of his clients. And, you know, this is, it's not like we have to spend a ton of money getting our word out, where in the past, you know, it would be huge uh, expense to, you know, to get it and have it read by, you know, 2,000 people that you want, that you connect, that are part of your network. LinkedIn's making it, you know, basically free. If you can create the content, you can hit a couple buttons, it goes out. Right. And uh, the same, you know, local. And, and one of the things that I think I, I've seen that is uh, so valuable is this whole concept that with the internet now, where... In the past, you know, I'll use yourself, uh, Cheryl, you write for Forbes, I write for the Huffington Post. And you know, the problem with Forbes is the magazine's only yay thick. And Huffington Post, there's no thickness. There's no, you know, it's all digital. So I, I remember meeting with Ariana Huffington, I've been with her a couple of times. And, uh, you know, scale is not an issue. If you've got something of value, they're going to put it in, they're going to measure how you know, the responsiveness and put it out and the same with Forbes anymore. And so that opens the door tremendously, you know, with all these different platforms. Not only can we create our own platform, but we can, you know, work and leverage iTunes here on a podcast. Source. You can be a guest poster. Maybe you've got a guest editorial. You're not up to something every week, but just be a guest or have a story that you work collaboratively with an author on and you can be well ahead. Those can be great opportunities. What do you see on, um, I'm going to go with like local uh, TV and so on. What, what's been your experience in working with clients? Is that perceived as valuable in today's world or local radio? You know, kind of that used to be the, the mainstay, you know, the local TV, radio, or, you know, if you didn't, you start local and then build to national used to be the methodology. Um, it can be 
highly useful. And in fact, you it could be more useful than you might think, but there are a couple of caveats. First off, people tend to think, well, I'll start local like it's a smaller thing. You may be surprised. If you put out a great story locally, AP or someone will pick it up. Consider it national or even global, even if you're doing it locally. Now, if you serve a local audience of customers, highly beneficial. Now you're more targeted than before. So that's a great thing to do. But for example, if your goal of goals was to appear on CNN as an expert source, they're not going to consider you if they can't see somewhere you've been on broadcast before. What if you freeze up like a deer in the headlights? They need some kind of assurance that you're going to be an interesting guest when you get there. So appearing locally can be highly beneficial that way. That segment is going to live online. You can show it. Someone can show it. Or it's even findable as a video result. So consider that. And then the things that you write for the local newspaper or you get covered in in the local newspaper, I've seen plenty of national and global stories start that way. No, and it's a, one of the things I, I, I used to, I did, um, let's say it would be in the early 90s, I wrote some books and I did the local, then national, and did all the major New York shows and so on. It was a great experience. Um, I hadn't really thought about the back end, so I'm going to come to that. You know, okay, now you're on all the shows. So what? Your your parents are proud of you, but you know that type of thing. Um, so you know, we're creating content, we're getting out there. The opportunity to get out there has never been better. Local shows. Particularly when you, you know, TV, you, you're putting the link on your website, the credibility uh, is way better than it should be. <laughs> Tight. Uh, and then, you, can, you know, if you want to go national, nobody's going to let you on. I, I did some, I think I did North Dakota one time, uh, my first book thing, before I got to, I did all the, uh, there were multiple CNN channels uh, I was doing in a day and in some of the uh, the ABC and uh, NBC affiliates in New York, but I had to go through a whole ringer to get there. Yeah. And uh, it's I a great. That it was worth it. I'll well, bet it was well worth it. You know, I, I would say that um, there was one part it, it was worth it, but the return on investment wasn't as high as it should have been, and the reason for that was we hadn't thought out. Okay, what are we going to do with this publicity? Where, what's the call to action? And I think, you know, you create content, you get it out there. One of the things entrepreneurs that go through that aren't really clear on what they're going to inspire people to action. And, and I'm not talking about um, where you, 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 you're really not giving away freely. You're, you're, you're kind of masking it as an infomercial or, a, you, know, a, a, you know, on the whole piece. And, and, and I think that's, that's, that doesn't work. But you've got to have a clear path of what you're looking to accomplish or the PR doesn't get the full value. So Cheryl, you know, I mean, you can invest a lot of time, energy, and money on PR. And you can create great content. You can, you know, get it out there. But how do you realize that full value? Well, this is a whole science called content marketing. It's a bigger deal than ever before. 71% of marketing teams are spending more this year than they did last. 71% spent more before the year prior as well. So it is a big, big area. But if you create good thought leadership material, make it true to its purpose, don't try to self-promote, give it to that team. Now they've got credible and authoritative material to work with that you can put into a newsletter, that you can share in ways that now engage people, that can now lead them towards an invitation or a call to action. 
that has metrics behind it and is a way to get the full value, not by trying to stretch your thought leadership material into self-promotion. Then you've failed on all fronts. Let every form of communication be authentic as to what it says that it is to do its job well. Uh, I totally agree. We do a lot of content here and we use marketing automation, so we'll make it available yeah. Uh, and, you know, we do each quarter a minimum of one research project and it goes out. There's no promotional things at all. However, it starts a conversation. We also do webinars on those. We do videos. And again, you know, marketing is so much about just starting a conversation. And what you want to do is attract those people who are the right prospective clients that you can serve well to you. And I mean, that's why I love content marketing. So we're we're in that 71% every year. We raise a budget and, and it's yeah. just such a big part. Where, where do you see, you know, the people who want to start this content marketing? So they're, they're creating content, they're getting it out there, they're inspiring people to action. Where do you see the, the, the opportunity to kind of accelerate it even more? Well, I think two things. One of them would be start a newsletter, an email newsletter, and make it fun, make it informational. Consider that maybe more than half of your audience is on a mobile device. They're not going to wade through deep material, but they love to be tantalized by, I call it tasty tidbits. It doesn't have to be articles by you. Maybe the first article is by you, but if you're providing value and something interesting, even a little bit fun and entertaining, that's great. And then the final thing in that newsletter, maybe every other week, could be just an invitation or a call to action. Maybe offer an ebook that people can download if they want. That is a great thing that's directly measurable and takes most people's content strategies to another level right there. But another is the concept of employee engagement. I'm betting you're familiar with this concept. I am. I, I, I am executing a lot of the things that you're saying. And the reason is they work. And with today's technology, you can track everything. So it's no longer, you know, wishful thinking, but you know, go on here. This so is you great. were into this before there was even a name for it. You just thought, you know, I've got all of these people on my team. Why not uplift them too? Why don't get us all working together? There are solid metrics that show if you create this kind of a program, and people tend to be afraid of it. They're afraid if I let employees speak on my behalf, what if they mess up? Well, give them some guidelines. Give them some material. Allow them to author themselves, but give them guidelines to do it within. These days, your personal brand and your business brand are the same thing. People can be invited in. There are a few people who will say, nope, just that's off limits. That's fine. But those who are invited and want to participate, it makes them experts as well. It gets them following. It shares your brand. Everybody wins. In fact, 19% increased revenue is the stats I've seen. If you participate in employee engagement, direct revenue, just as a result of the people already there, and they were able to progress faster as well. well and I like it takes the stress off me trying to create all of it. And in many cases, they're better than I am. They're a little more colorful. They have different angles. But we're all aligned, and that's where the real power is. Let me go to another segment here, Cheryl. And this is the book of the day. And, uh, you know, you are coming out with a book at the time of this recording, right after it's going to come out. So tell us a little bit about the book. This is a Forbes book. It is called Beyond Words, How to Communicate Like a Champ in the Digital Age. February 25th looks to be the published date. 
But everything that I've learned about thought leadership, I put into this book. So for entrepreneurs, I write for the Entrepreneurs Channel. For business people, even for just getting by in the world day to day, how can you make communications your strategic weapon? You've been communicating since before you had language. How can you put it to work for you and have it run your business better for you? So, so that's the book. It came about as a result of um, that most viral column that I had. That, that's kind of a freaky experience, I will tell you, when you've got people that lighting up your text and saying, oh my gosh, turn on the radio. The host is reading your article right now. It's Rush Limbaugh. It's Glenn Beck. It's all of these things. So one of my friends walked into a doctor's office in Atlanta and screamed. She saw my article printed out in the receptionist's desk. <laughs> Somebody had been reading it. But the source of that article, this is a great thing. She's got a book, too. It's actually becoming a bestseller. The 13 Things Mentally Strong People Don't Do. Her name is Amy Morin. If you walk into any airport, Walden Books, there it is. It's the seventh highest selling. It's been a great thing. No. But, um, yeah, you, you've got all of these opportunities to go to a level that you never had before, and it's all communication. So how do you do well, it? Well, that's going to be a great book. And as always, at AESNation.com, we have all the show notes, the transcript, and we'll have the links so that you can go ahead and get the book. Let me go to the next segment. And this is the app of the day. And on your smartphone, as a fellow entrepreneur, how do you, what would you recommend other entrepreneurs could consider adding to their phone? My very favorite right now is the 5K runner. I love it. One caveat, because you know, everybody needs to get their help. They need to get their exercise in, no matter where you are, you can do that. You've got your music right there on your phone. But I will say, don't don't Photoshop the mu or don't don't sh shop the music while you're running because I've, <laughs> I've tripped, I've crashed a couple of times just because I was looking at my phone instead of at my feet. Well, so I'm going to recommend that they just put put the podcast on. They're usually long enough. There'll be a good run. You, you can go. get your ten, your five k in for sure. If you're really fast, you might get your ten k in, but. Uh, yeah, this that is, actually works. The app will let you do that. You could be listening to a podcast or to music, and it says, okay, now walk. It gives you the instructions of what to do, and it'll just come over the program and give you that so, so you actually can listen uh, to the podcast while you go for a run. Okay, well, I'll definitely uh, download that and give it a try. I haven't heard of that one before. Let's go to the next segment, and this is resources. And Cheryl, I want to pull up your website and... Um, I know you're, you're in the process of updating it as we all are, but you're closer than most of us here. And, but tell us a little bit what's on the uh, uh, website, particularly the, the Thought Leadership book first, if you would. Yes, there is an ebook that you can get right now from our website. That's snapconnor.com. But it is the definitive guide to thought leadership. What is thought leadership? What isn't thought leadership? What are the ways to do it well? What are the things to watch out for that could trip you up? And then what I like most, some case studies of the actual companies who've really accelerated their success through thought leadership. And there are some good ones. So I recommend everybody, it's a short read, but pull that down for free. Take a look at that. You'll probably find something good. No, well, I'll tell you that you will find something good because uh, I... I did download it, and that's when I reached out to you, Cheryl, because I was just, it's like, wow, we're you know, kindred spirits here and uh, communicating. And 
I hadn't seen anybody that was executing uh, that was as well as you are for their clients. So, I mean, it was uh, some great stuff. Let me go to uh, also you had, I'm going to put up on the screen. So we're at, um, Cheryl, you know, one of the resources you're offering our viewers and listeners is prscorecard.com. Tell us, I just put it up on the screen, uh, what's here? This is a tool that we've hired, and it's still in beta, so forgive us if it doesn't work flawlessly, but you can learn quite a bit from that. It's free. By answering a couple of questions, you can have this tool come the web, come back, and assign you a score that tells you how your PR is doing. It divides things into six categories, which are pretty, pretty instrumental, I think. You do press releases. Are you on social media? Do you blog? Those are easy things that everybody can do and everybody can control. And then what comes back to you from the internet would be brand mentions or reputation. That's important. And then the core fundamental thing is, do you have a strategy? Is there a core message behind the work that you do? Think that through before you start to go out to all of these mechanisms. But if you did only that, you'd be 95% ahead of the rest of the world and you wouldn't need an agency or a budget to do it you could do it yourself now this is why you know we're doing this podcast is so that you can accelerate your success you can have the strategic weapon that you can go so i encourage you to really download the ebook use the uh, pr scorecard these are very powerful tools let me go to the last segment here and this is the key takeaways Number one is really position yourself as a thought leader. Today, the world, there's so much noise out there. In whatever industry you're in, you've got to rise above the noise. You've got to be kind of two things. One, an authority. That means you've got to have expertise you bring. Second is you also have to be a little bit of a celebrity. In today's celebrity world, people want you to have you know, somebody kind of implied endorsement by where you are and being out there on the internet, no matter what channel. Second thing though, is to give freely. Cheryl talked about this a lot. And you know, it's, so it's, when you try to you know, really make it just a pure sales piece, it doesn't work. Or you wanna put all kinds of links back, uh, that doesn't work. By giving it and using some of the tracking software, you know the uh, uh, marketing automation, Eloqua, Marketo on Salesforce and so on. I mean, you know, we're getting a lot of technology, but it, it, there's so many different ways that you can do this that by giving freely, you build these great relationships and engage. And that's the third part is engaging your audience. You know, our goal should be as entrepreneurs is to inspire people to action. You know, we, the way we do well is by creating tremendous value for our clients by doing well, we get to do extremely well. You can scale it up with today's technology. Cheryl, I want to thank you so much for sharing your insights and your proven success with our audience. And I'm going to encourage everybody out there to go out, your, your current clients and all those future clients you're going to reach by using this strategic we weapon are counting on you. Don't let them down. Exceptional, down. remarkable breakthroughs. AESNation.com